This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. All right, next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what are your names and where are you guys from? All right, I'm uh, Ross Vaughn, also known as Ultra Pestrian Ross. And I'm Kathy Obel Unbranded is my trail name, and we are Team Ultra Pedestrian. Yeah, and we're from uh, Washington State. We lived in the middle of nowhere, way up in the Okanagan Highlands for about 14 years during really the the definitive and formative and transformative part of our lives when we raised our daughter living off-grid in a little 12 by 16 cabin by a creek with no uh, no electricity or indoor plumbing or internet or anything like that. Uh, I was born in Southern California, and Kathy? I was born in Port Angeles. All right on. Well, that sounds like a, a story all in itself there. Uh, <laughs> that's cool stuff, right? <laughs> I like the sound of that. Um, well, hey, I, I wanted to kind of dive in um, uh, about your guys' book, 98 Days of Wind. But all, but before we do that, uh, can you guys kind of just describe what is Ultra Pedestrian, Team Ultra Pedestrian? Yeah, um, Team Ultra Pedestrian is basically just our dorky way of describing <laughs> who we are and what we do. Um, years ago, um, oh, I lose track of time, 18, 19 years ago at this point, um, I was like really overweight. I was, I think I topped out about 265 pounds. Uh, I was driving a frozen food delivery truck for a living. So I was working 90 hour weeks, you know, in a truck, 15 hours a day, six days a week, eating just horrible, unhealthy <laughs> foods and barely active. And then I was so exhausted on the weekends that I just wanted to sit on the TV or sit on the TV. That's funny. Um, sit on a couch and watch TV and drink a two liter bottle of RC Cola and eat a large pizza on my own. Um, and so Kathy eventually like got me out on the trail just by encouraging me and even nagging me and dragging me along. And eventually I got super into it. I had sort of this awakening after we hiked the Wonderland Trail as a family. And I just got really into enjoying where I got a thrill out of just moving along on my own two feet. And so um, from from being an old school backpacker with a giant pack, I got into running and started running shorter distances and then built up to ultra distance. And as I got into, you know, 100 and 200 mile races and things like that, I found that I wasn't actually running very much, even though it's called ultra running, but I was, I was hiking a lot of the time. At times I was stumbling, you know, I mean, there were all these different forms of bipedal locomotion that I was using that were far outside of the narrow definition of running. And so that term ultra pedestrian came to me as an idea to express more accurately what I was actually doing and how I was moving. And now over the years, it sort of developed into um, a, a touchstone term to to describe our philosophy, which of course isn't very isn't all that unique or new. It actually harkens back to the very formative days of of human beings differentiating themselves from the other hominids. 
So ultra pedestrian really just means, you know, covering big distances by foot. But I also like that there's a secondary meaning to it because pedestrian can mean lowbrow or commonplace. So ultra pedestrian can mean covering large distances on foot, but it can also mean exceedingly commonplace. And I, I fully embrace both meanings. Uh, I like that. I, that, that uh, yeah, I, I just I love the way you describe that. Um, Kathy, so real quick then, um, your kind of role on Team Ultra Pedestrian, um, based on uh, the story there, so were you already running then and you kind of said, hey, let's go? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a runner at that time, but I enjoyed spending long periods of time out on the trails and I we lived in Bellingham during this period that Ross was describing and there were just so many trails accessible right from the city so I would drop our daughter Angela off at preschool and then hit the trails and climb up to Fragrance Lake and all these wonderful places up in the Chuckanut Mountains. I grew up in the country in a small town called Mossy Rock which is nestled in the foothills of Mount St. Helens and, and Mount Rainier and Mount Adams and just had always enjoyed spending quiet times on country roads, either on my bike or just walking. And that developed into enjoying hiking as a, as a young adult. And by the time Ross and I were together, um, that was definitely a well-established part of my life is to be active every day, mostly on trails, but also just all kinds of fun stuff like dance aerobics when it was a big thing and and that type of thing. So I led a more active lifestyle than Ross had at that time, but um, that kind of describes our, our roots together of becoming uh, a couple and then a family that would would go on these long long hikes around Mount Rainier and eventually up into the North Cascade Mountains. And once Ross started trail running. Um, I had already been doing a lot of cross-country skiing on trails, like real long endurance skis. And he said, you know what, I think you, you could be an ultra runner too. And so I jumped right into it, not having done any other kind of trail races or, or trail running before, but just started, started going out and training for a, a 50K. So it, it kind of went from there. Oh, that's good. Well, uh, so now I have to ask, I, I didn't do a whole lot of research uh, prior to this book. Now, have you guys written a book before this, either of you? No, we we have it. We both enjoy writing and and did some write, creative writing in both high school and college, and we both write blogs, but this book was our first attempt at publishing um, some sort of a um, more in-depth writing piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote, I mean, I published like some poetry chapbooks in high school, which I would not want anybody to track down and read. <laughs> um, I wrote a lot for fanzines, like in, you know, in my punk rock and skate days and stuff like that. Um, so, also, you know, like Kathy, I've always been a writer and I've, I've always written, but this is the first time that we've actually put something together into into a volume and and published it. Well, cool. Well, I would in- encourage you to uh, to possibly uh, write down that story because that that inspired me just listening to you talk about your transformation, Ross. Uh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, we you know we do plan to publish a, a lot more stuff in the future. We had a really good experience putting ninety eight days of wind together, and already on this new adventure we're on, Kathy's taking copious notes, and uh, we're actually working you know from the beginning with that idea in mind. 
Cool. Uh, hey, well, I just want to say I popped this book open. Uh, I got it in the mail. I was really excited, and the uh, the cover just kind of drew me in. And uh, I, I was like, kind of stunned right away. I was like, "Well, what in the heck's going on here?" So um, I was at first taken aback. I was like, oh, "Man, this isn't really like a real book." And then I was like, "Wait a minute, this is like the perfect diary." Uh, can you guys kind of describe how it's laid out in inside the book a little bit? Yeah, we. Um during the the trip that produced the book, when we were attempting to yo-yo the Grand Enchantment Trail, uh, whenever we had a bunch of things going on at once, so whenever possible, we would be publishing, you know, putting, uh, posting dispatches from the trail on our Facebook and Instagram, each of us on our individual accounts. And Kathy enjoys journaling; it's part of how she processes her life and the world around her. So she was always journaling along the trail and keeping notes that way and then we were also uh filming videos that we were posting to our youtube channel so we when we finished the trail we had all of this material that had been produced in the moment and we realized that it was it was a really unique um you know sort of like time lapse series of snapshots of our experience on this adventure so many books are written with the benefit and all of the filters of hindsight where people end up editing and changing, whether it's intentional or not, uh, the experience that they had to make it more presentable, to make it a cohesive narrative, to make it portray themselves the way they want to be portrayed, to, to bring about the, the point that the book is focused at. And we saw that we had this really unique opportunity to take our perspective in the moment and not alter it and uh, put it together into a book which would uh, have a cohesion and a flow to it simply because it was produced in the normal linear time flow of reality. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to put a label on it. Uh, like I said, uh, like I, as comparing it to something, I wouldn't want to say, oh man, it's exactly like such and such book, but it does kind of almost play out like a modern day uh, Diary of Anne Frank or something like that because it, like you say it's in the moment uh, but obviously the story is a lot different right yeah <laughs> sixmoondesigns.com they've got uh, a lot of backpacks to choose from some fanny packs and stuff uh, even some some harness vests uh, go over and check those out also um, I'm excited about the tents the shelters uh, the tents and the tarps and uh, there's just there's a lot to choose from uh, one of the ones uh, they've got some good videos on there, and I was I was actually just I bought the uh, Lunar Solo, and I was checking out the Lunar Duo, and man, this this looks like a cool tent as well. It does take two trekking poles rather than the one trekking pole for the other. Um, but anyway, yeah, just go check out their tents, surf around the website. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was a seam ceiling. Yeah, they do take that. Let me tell you, you got to set this tent up anyway in your yard, or or you know, right when you get it to kind of check it out. So. Why not seam seal it while you're sitting there and you can play around with it while it's drying and it actually dries real quick. And anyway, seam sealing is not a big deal. So go over to sixmoondesigns.com and follow them on Instagram too. Tell them the Cascade Hiker podcast sent you. So uh, talk a little bit about the GET, the Grand Enchantment Trail then. Well, we wanted to take on the Grand Enchantment Trail the same way we had hiked the Arizona Trail and we had completed a yo-yo on that trail in 2015. And we wanted to do the same thing on the Ground Enchantment Trail, which would start from Phoenix, Arizona, 
and hike to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and turn around and hike all the way back to Phoenix. And that trip in itself would have been about 1,600, 1,700 miles, including our off-trail mileage into trail towns, which we were doing all by hiking all on foot rather than hitchhiking or catching any rides. The Grand Enchantment Trail goes through desert. It goes through the Sonoran and the Chihuahuan Desert. It goes up into real high elevations in the in New Mexico, especially, um, where you're summiting high Sky Island peaks. So it's a very it's, it has a lot of varied terrain, and it's quite challenging. It's a route, not just a single track trail from point A to point B. So we're following GPS tracks and route finding and and doing a lot of cross-country travel and bushwhacking, um, a lot of travel through canyon lands and creek drainages. It was, it was quite challenging. We were also following um, a time frame. We, we started on March 4th, and we needed to be back in Phoenix before the triple-degree temperature started hitting yeah. the, the desert there. And, and then also we couldn't get up into the Sky Islands too early because even even starting March 4th, we did hit snow on many of the, the high peaks there. Mm-hmm. So we were dealing with those challenges and, a, and just temperamental spring weather that, that comes around. And so by, you know, I'm not sure the exact date that we ended, but as June started approaching and we were heading back towards Phoenix, the weather started getting quite hot and our water sources started really diminishing. They either just streams that were flowing were now dry. Uh, Cattle sources were um, just filled with cow pies, both new and old. And essentially kind of like a cow pie tea. Um, Of course, we were filtering all of our water, but still those sources were just really getting um, very questionable. And then I just started really having a lot of, of health issues just, um, some symptoms started coming on in a real, real powerful way that were indicating that that I might be having some diabetes um, symptoms. So I was having bleeding gums and just a real unquenchable thirst. Um, my vision had become real blurry. I lost just a, a ton of weight. You're always going to lose weight on a through hike because it's just such. You know, you're just putting out such a hard physical effort every day. And you also, you know, might have some of those other symptoms. So I wasn't really sure what was going on. But all of those things combined, the water source issues, um, my health, the heat, and then finally a forest fire just essentially forced us off the trail um, when we had 300 miles left to complete. So that was kind of our, our GET experience. It was um, brutal, which is a term we like to use, um, beautiful and brutal all at the same time and wonderful because of it. I like that. Brutal. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I'm excited about waymarkgearco.com. Go over there, check out the packs. Um, you know, seriously, you can customize any pack you want. You can also choose from a lot of packs that he already has made. There's fanny packs uh, coming in the future if they're not out there right now. There's lots of accessories you can add to these packs. My kids like the mesh water bottle packs, uh, like for that go right on your shoulder strap. There, um, there's I don't know these things are are basically waterproof. Um, 
you know, we went out on the Olympics and used our uh, one of our backpacks out there, actually two of them, and the everything in there, it, it was pouring down rain, like absolutely pouring down rain. Everything was dry in there. And I was glad, too, because I wasn't prepared. I didn't have any kind of a liner or anything to help that out. And these things, uh, Waymark Gear Company packs, they, uh, well, they, they held up to the test, even though it wasn't a real test. Anyway, go over to waymarkgearco.com, check it out, follow on Instagram. Thanks a lot. Now back to the show. You know, something I kind of <laughs> want to point out, I know that with the health issues and that kind of thing, um, you know, I can't help but notice uh, that the title of your book, The Greatest Fail of Our Life, um, I don't know. I guess I just kind of noticed the contrast uh, in the title and and just the way you guys seem to hold yourselves and your thoughts and, um, you know, just to read a few things, um, you know, give thanks for life. Uh, what a blessing to be alive. Uh, what a blessing to be a yeah. biped. Uh, give thanks for life, that kind of stuff. And um, it just seems like a contrast. I mean, you guys completed, uh, you know, what you did up to that point, And that was amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I feel really, really proud of it, and it, it was just an amazing accomplishment. Um, we, we did get so close to finishing the end goal, and there is so much more that comes out of, out of that experience. Um, I'll let Ross speak to that because that was really a strong idea he had and a philosophy that he he carries with him about about failure. So I'll let him. Speak oh to yeah, that. that'd be yeah, great. Well, I'm, I, I I love the word fail or failure. You know, um, fail is kind of modern uh, usage or colloquialism on it, and and I love it because it's it's really easy to do a project and maybe you know figure out a way to complete it and then still portray it as a success. And it's not like there's anything wrong with that, but I I really like the idea of coming up with. A, a difficult challenge and a high standard, a high goal that you're shooting for, uh, even if it's not super doable. You know, we we started off on our GET yo-yo attempts really knowing that it was out there, that it was going to be difficult, even under good circumstances. And to me, that's what's fascinating. The, the possibility of failure is, especially when you're um, announcing things on social media, you know, and kind of making an official attempt at something like that that's the ante, you know, that's like your skin in the game. That's the, the risk you're taking is, is that you're announcing exactly what you want to try and that you may very well end up failing for all the world to see. And to me, that's what's exhilarating and kind of exciting and fascinating about the whole thing. So there's, I mean, yeah, we could brainstorm a list of 25 different ways that that project was a huge success. And all of those things are true. But in the long run, what we wanted to do was to walk from Phoenix to Albuquerque and back in, according to a feet on the ground ethic, not accepting any rides into all of the trail towns and be the first people to do it. And we did not succeed in doing that. We we failed at our big overall goal. But it's kind of like the, you know, the old uh, motivational saying of, you know, shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Yeah, I like that. That's good. I mean, hey, you know, I I I totally get what you're saying. Um, I just noticed that, and I, I figured you had, I, I figured you had something there to say about that. So I really appreciate you kind of laying that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on. Well, I, you know, another thing I wanted to point out, um, as we're laughing here, um, 
that I was also because of the way the book is laid out, uh, it really gave you guys an opportunity to throw in those uh, spur of the moment uh, kind of comedic posts as well. Um, one that I I just I happen to you know remember was uh, every time you hear a th- <laughs> every time you hear a through hacker <laughs> belch. A trail angel earns its wings, and uh, it's little things like that. <laughs> yeah, that that's just awesome, yeah. you know. And I don't know if that was, you know, yeah. I, I, I imagine there's a good story there, but um, you know, it's things like that that uh, it's so cool to be able to put in into your book that way too. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's just a little glimpse of of what reality is like inside my head. <laughs> yeah, and what my experience is like hiking along beside him for all these miles and days. <laughs> right. But that was after, I think that was right after we, um, I think that was right after we bounced, right after we turned around at Albuquerque and had just done that brutal climb back up to Sandia. And as we were nearing the top, um, uh, the, now a friend of ours, but somebody that we hadn't met before them, Adam Daylu, who took the cover photo as well. Um, had seen what we were doing and wanted to come out and meet us. And so he had hiked down a little bit and met us and led us up to where he had his car and like opened up the trunk and had just this like smorgasbord of food. I mean, it was, I, it was incredible the amount and the quantity and quality of food that he had for us there. And so that's, <laughs> that was part of what inspired that is we had no idea that that was going to happen. And it just uh, made me think of that old, it's from an, movie is that from it's a wonderful life or something that yeah, every time you yeah. hear a, a bell <laughs> ring it's an angel earning their wings and so. <laughs> that's a good play uh, for the hikers and um you know so i'm just glad that you guys did that because uh, you know there there is a lot of humor and and laughing and fun times with hiking so uh even though it, it it was a failure for you guys um you know it was great to to throw that in there because uh you know there are so many uh fun times out there right there really are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blast. Well, cool. Well, um, now how can people find the book? Let's see. It's, uh, I, it's pretty widely available now. It is available through Amazon. Um, but the, the best way is if they just go to ultrapedestrian.com, which is our, our blog and website. And there's a button right up at the top where you can order 98 days of wind. Um, and uh, it's also available through lulu.com, which is where that link takes you. And if you, they have good, they have uh, coupons out all the time. And I, I post them on our social media when I can, but like right now, since we're on the trail, I'm, I'm not up to date on all that stuff. But if you, if you Google coupons for lulu.com ahead of the time, um, you can usually get it for 10 or 15 or 20% off because they run specials all the time. Right on. Well, we'll make sure to send people over there. And also, um, what, you know, you mentioned a few things and obviously, uh, throughout the book, there's, there's different, uh, with like with your YouTube and your, your Facebook and Instagram, I believe you guys have, um, what, what, what is kind of like your go-to, what, what, what should, uh, what would you recommend people try to follow you guys at? Um, we, let's see, our Instagram and face and our personal Facebook accounts overlap to a great degree, but we, we really make an effort to put unique stuff up on, you know, on all of those different social media channels. I mean, the one that's probably 
the least worth following is our Twitter account. We don't, all that does is it auto posts whatever we put on Facebook. So it's usually just an abbreviated link and, um, we probably need to show Twitter a little bit more love, but uh, we just have a limited amount of time and energy to do that. So our personal Facebook accounts, you get each of our different perspectives that way. Um, and then Instagram, a lot of that is, is sort of doubled up. Um, and then uh, our YouTube channel, right now we're not posting to that because we're uh, guest blogging for the Trek.com for this current adventure, but you can go to um, ultra pedestrian channel on YouTube and you can find all of the companion videos that go with the book from our G E T yo yo attempt. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'd recommend the book. I, I've, I've uh, gotten through most of it and you know, like I say, it's just, it's a fun book because it, it, it is that kind of modern day uh, diary. And I uh, just want to say thanks for, uh, for putting it out there guys. Cause it's a, uh, it's it's great. Wow. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, thank you for the kind words. We really appreciate it. It's uh it's a and a really like publishing a book is an interesting experience. It's the first time we've done it and we we basically got it published right before we hit the trail um on our up north loop, so we didn't even get to get a lot of reactions from yeah. people from friends or family members and so it's just kind of this funny like sort of haunting question mark in the back of our heads, like, Oh, what are people thinking? Are you know, are people reading it? What's, what's going on? So, so thanks. We appreciate the, the kind words and getting some positive input and feedback about it. Well, right on guys. Well, thanks for coming on the Cascade Hiker podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. It's, it's been an honor to be on your podcast. You've had some pretty illustrious names in the through hike scene on here and uh, we're stoked to be a part of it and be counted among them. Yes, thanks so much, Rudy, for having us. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See her laying down in the tall grass Playing mandolin in a white dress I come running when I hear that song It could never be wrong, it could never be wrong Where you wanna run, baby, I'll run too I would leave this world for a beautiful girl